0: The Seeds You Sow podcast, planting seeds of applied knowledge, strategic change, and unstoppable passion, coming to you live. live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Seeds You Sow podcast, coming to you live, at KUSF.org. Back in the studio after a month, y'all. It's been like a marathon. The marathon's gonna continue. I'm back up in here with my lovely host. So happy, so thankful, so grateful. Just filled with all the life. Looking over here at Brother Damon. What's happening, y'all? Yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah with the orange red on. Looking real good. Looking real great. Is with the daddy beard. Is it or is it red? I said reddish orange. Orange, orange is red. Like,
1: is it like a, a sunset? A blood blood orange. Like a blue? Ball- <laughs> <laughs> like a tropical sunset? Yeah, you know. Tro- yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And we got Deacon Mike up in here. What's up, Deacon? Peace, peace, y'all. Glad to be back. Missed y'all. I love how you always coming with the peace. It feels very peaceful. Start with the peace, end with the peace. Yes. It is about peace. Yes. And Ashley's not with us this week, but we are sending her all the black girl magic love. She's finishing up her last um, weekend with graduate school. So cheer on for her. Pray for her, guys. She'll be back with us soon. But in the studio with us today, we do have a guest with us, the is Phenomenal, hey. amazing, all that in a bag of chips, my best friend, get at me if you know her, <laughs> artist, what, natural and dope, <laughs> the <greatest>. yes, <laughs> the greatest of all time, the actress,
2: the artist, and what? if you do not know her, Miss yes. Asia Jackson, coming up, y'all, yeah. coming up, Asia, y'all. <laughs> I am crazy. so honored to be here, all these hype people around me, I appreciate yes. it. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're so happy that
0: Asia's with us. She's in the studio today. Asia is an actress, an artist. She's from the Bay. She was living in Chicago for some time, but she's back now, still pursuing her dreams. So we're going to have a conversation with her today about how to still persist when you're still in the seat of your dream. Mm. You know what I mean? She's still yeah. living. She's still loving. And look at all beautiful and black and just luxurious. Yes. Silly. Look at that million-dollar <laughs> smile. And That's my best friend. <laughs> that's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, we're back, you guys. It's been a month. Did y'all miss us? I mean, I, I don't know. I already, I, already. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm giving
3: yes.
4: Yeah,
0: I'm giving a moment for the people in their car right now, saying, "Yeah, we miss you.
4: We did miss you." I, already, you, you, I, already,
0: I'm I mean, Asia, you listen to it. You be like talking with us and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. See, okay. Do y'all do that when y'all listen to podcasts? Y'all talk with them, or is that just me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> head, for sure. <laughs> they, you, you trying to try make me feel. Real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the car, I'm like, yeah.
3: Tell them. <laughs> That's what I do. do. do do? Uh
2: Yeah, it's
0: interactive. I
2: respond through lots of laughter.
0: Okay, (laughs) laughter and love, all the good stuff. (laughs) But yes, guys, we are back in the studio. Super, super excited. Took a month off to do some reflection, to reset. We are over. you all right there, brother? Okay, all right. We good. We good.
4: (laughs) No cameras. (laughs) Yeah,
0: you know, we took a month off to, you know, just to reflect, to reset, to do some behind-the-scenes work. Um, we're gonna be doing a photo shoot in the upcoming weeks we got some crazy hot episodes coming up for y'all In two weeks we're gonna have Nola Haynes on the show with us so oh, stay yeah, yeah stay oh, tuned yeah. for that that's gonna be real dope um, and we're gonna continue doing what we're doing we're gonna continue to be uplifting we're gonna continue to be inspirational we're gonna continue to give you laughter love and all the good stuff what else are we gonna continue to do y'all what else are we gonna continue to do We we'll going to continue to keep it black <laughs> we're gonna continue to keep black
4: we're gonna keep we it keep black, black. <laughs> 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 yes.
0: All things black. black excellence. Yes! <laughs> black? And that's what today's show is about, you guys. The seed of the day is entitled Black Excellence. We'll be doing a review of Nipsey Hussle, the late and great, not only rapper, but artist, activist, entrepreneur, just phenomenal.
1: Just- being, yeah. Being.
0: <laughs> late and great, gone too soon, and we're all still processing it. We're going to be talking about his impact on the community in conversation with Beyonce. My friend Katasha said it best. She's like, she ain't the queen. She the damn monarchy, man. Like, she... we. mm, Sorry. There's a lot of this black excellence going on right now within our culture. And there's a lot that we can learn and take from from these certain figures to think about our own personal lives and what we're doing individually as well as collectively. So we're going to be having a conversation around that. And we're going to encourage you guys to think critically about what you're doing and what type of excellence you're offering. Yes? Yes. Amen. Amen. Right? You like that? You like... (laughs)
3: Do that. Do that. Do that. Do that.
0: do that. do that. do that. do that. Hey. 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 hey, hey. All right. <laughs> Y'all, I'm like I don't know. I'm on 10, but inside I'm also real tired, but you know how we do. You know how we do. It's
1: like driving you on 10 into. Oh
0: I'm on CD too. I'm on CD too. I like oh, my God. But, yeah, of course. So before we hop into our seat of the day, we got to do our stroll through the garden, a.k.a. our check-in question, you know, to get everybody kind of acclimated into the space. And so I thought about this. Oh, wait, before we do that, we definitely want to um, take a moment to honor the late and great john singleton who recently passed if you guys do not know who john singleton is please take the time to look up this man he definitely was one of the reasons why i decided to major in film and you know watching (laughs) but you know like watching (laughs) boys in the hood higher learning poetic justice like he put out those 90s just great Authentic urban black films that you still quote to this day.
1: And if you right. haven't
4: seen them yet, Mike, um, <laughs> you should check it
3: out. Oh <laughs>
4: I have seen all of those baby boy. I mean, who hasn't seen baby boy? I don't
0: know. I didn't. Come even on, girl. Jody. Like Jody.
2: <laughs> Jody, I'm, I'm gonna make the tacos. Jody, I'm going make the taco, Jody, make the You Jody. He's like, I love you, girl.
0: You probably gonna be my wife. I'll never forget. Me and my cousin, like, probably. I'm like, I'm gonna need for you to be definitive on that. Like, <laughs> But
2: yes, boys in the hood, higher. Oh, Asia, do the higher learning real quick. What is high? What is higher? What is learn? What is learning? What is higher learning? I mean, what is it? (laughs) That
1: was incredible. That was incredible. So we
0: all grew up on John Singleton. Such, you know, a sad loss. Um, and so young. So young, only in his 50s. 50s. Yeah, yeah, man. So I want to, you know, take some time to honor him. And we also are going to segue now, though, into our stroll through the garden check-in question. And so I thought about this because if we're talking about excellence, right, and we're talking about Nipsey and we're talking about Beyonce, I'm talking about hustling. We're talking about working hard, grinding, persisting through it all, not just when it gets good but also when it's low. And so I was just reflecting over life, the different times I had to hustle. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> and I, t- I told the team this. I was like I want you to interpret hustle for any way you want. Was it hustling for a grade? Was it hustling for $5? Was it hustling for a ride? <laughs> I would like to know <laughs> everybody done been out to hustle for that ride. Can I get a ride in my soccer practice real quick? Um Name. <laughs> Either name one of your first hustles or this is a memorable first hustle for you. And if y'all, I, I already thought about this, so I could go first if you guys want me to, y'all. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. This is going to sound really random, but don't judge me. So I thought about this when I was in L.A. two weeks ago, and I went over to Crenshaw, and I went over to Nipsey Hustle store. And the vibe there was just so welcoming. And I just felt very thankful because I was coming from a conference straight into the hood. Mm-hmm. And it really just took me back to the fact that I really know how to navigate different spaces, and I'm thankful for that, but I mm-hmm. feel really home in spaces like that because the smell of barbecue, the black people. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, I feel like I'm in West Pittsburgh or North Oakland right now back in the day. So it took me back to a memory in the summer of seventh grade, and there was a place in West Pittsburgh called the West Side Connection. You remember the West Side Connection store, Asia? I don't. Okay, well I do. And so (laughs) there was a small store, it was over on Willow Pass, and it was like this store owned by this black guy, named Ron. And it had all like the fubu and Tommy Hill figure and like CDs and everybody used to kick it there. And there were these bomb Tommy Hill figure outfits, right? And I remember my cousin Remy and Jocelyn, my best friend at the time, we saw those outfits like, "Yo, we got to get those outfits." They were like $60. Like, "Damn, you six yeah. the $60 for like 12-year-old girls." Like, "Where are we going to get that? Where are we going to get that?" We got on the hustle. We went around, like, for a whole week straight because it was summertime, washing people's cars, just knocking on doors, like, can we wash your car? Can we wash your car? Can we wash your car? Just for these outfits. And it took us about a week, and we ended up, you know, raising enough money for the three of us, had to scrounge it up or whatever, and we bought those outfits, and I kid you not, we wore them everywhere. We, like, <laughs> So, like, we just wanted them so bad because there was just so much pride in wearing something like that at that time in your life. And I remember also, too, the memory was there was, like, the football dances. So we wore them to the football dances and we made up a dance to Money and a Thing by Jay-Z. <laughs> it, was, it was just a whole thing or whatever. And so, anyway... I thought about that when I was at Nipsey's store, and it sounds kind of random, but it kind of took me back to, like, when you really put your mind to something, let it be whatever, and you really want to work hard, nothing can stop you. Mm. And it's just interesting, because I was like, that was over, gosh, like, 20 years ago now or whatever, and obviously I'm motivated more than by Tommy Hilfiger, but it just showed me, like, we all got it in us, when you really want it, you can go for it. So that's one of my early memories of, like, hustling. (laughs) Okay,
2: all right. right. (laughs) Um, so when I think of one of the first times I hustled, I think about the recession. So <laughs> I was one of those, uh, college grads who graduated right into the recession. And I remember moving back to the Bay Area, um, spring of 09 after doing, um, my first professional theater gig, and I was dead broke. And I applied to so many jobs and no one would hire me. And so I ended up taking this job as a server at this um, seafood restaurant in Toto Santos Square in um, in Concord. And I don't remember the name of the restaurant. It closed within like maybe six, eight months of opening. (laughs) But I just remember the manager did not like me. Um, She literally stole my tips. I was basically um, (laughs) getting paid to commute to and from work. I remember at one point um, during a shift where it was really busy and I had an opportunity to make money, my manager had me stand outside and solicit people and give them flyers to come in and... um, come in and, you know, dine at the restaurant. So, I mean, (laughs) I don't, there's not really a a light at the end of that story, (laughs) except for I eventually just, you know, kept grinding and working and eventually uh, got a local government job and saved my money and moved to Chicago. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's just that reminder that sometimes you just have to, do that grunt work and and do things you don't necessarily want to do to make it to that next that next level that next chapter that next step in your life
1: so if you could see that manager today what would you tell her
2: i wouldn't say nothing to that child i would (laughs) smile and just keep it moving (laughs) keep it professional
1: bless
0: it bless it bless it bless it who would like to go next over there
1: I'll go next. So (laughs) the first hustle that I had wasn't a hustle at all. But I'll tell you about it anyway. So when we were in high school, me and my boy TJ, everybody pretty much knows who that is. Uh, You know, around that time, around like our age, everybody had like the the blow pop hustle. We So everybody like everybody who wanted to be a hustler in that time had the blow pop hustle and they had the uh the burnt CDs hustle. So we had both of them. So we went to Sam's Club and we went and filled our lockers up with like all kinds of stuff, blow pops, Skittles, everything. But the student store at the school called on to it and was like, yo, we, you can't be like competing oh. with our with our with our products." So we had to go underground. So we were like, all right, just let me know what you want. We'll pass it to you in class. You know what I mean. We'll, you know, we'll work way around it. You know, we'll go in the back or whatever, go in the locker room, and you know, do an exchange. Like it was drug dealers, but we were just selling like <laughs> skittles. You know what I'm talking about? Like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can't. I love it though. You're taking me back, I, remember, <laughs> I had my blow pop dealer. Yeah. I did. Shout out to Edgar, man. I was my yeah. blow pop dealer, man. Yeah. Every school had Like
3: you got my blow pop, you had got my millions, you know, yo. So, oh my Discounter.
0: god. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have to go to that Arco when I went to Edgar. You know? No, <laughs> like, we had it
1: covered. We had you covered. We was making like mixtapes and stuff. <laughs> but I wasn't never like good at asking people for money, so I was a terrible hustler because you know you trying to you have to sell things to people. I'm like. I don't really want you to buy this blow pop but I do want a quarter. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like yeah. I just wasn't really good at it. So it didn't last very long, but we did get shut down by the student store. That was kind of whack. Aww. But I made some pretty dope mixtapes in the process too, though. <laughs> hey. Nice.
3: Yeah.
1: Can
0: we bring back the mixtape? Oh yeah. Let's bring let's do an it an episode. Didn't go okay, let's all do an episode where we make a mixtape and share what's on it. Yes. Let's do
4: that. Absolutely. Listeners, we encourage you to do the same. Let's do it. <laughs> You know, Damon, haters gonna hate <laughs> the school store, You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it is, you feel me? <laughs> they, gonna, they gonna
3: hate you. Um, to keep
4: a black man down, you know what I'm saying? I can't. And to be honest with you, I think the first time that I really, really hustled was um, two days after I graduated high school. My graduation from high school was not glorious. Mm-hmm. Um, I have really had to do a little bit of uh, selling to get out of high school. I didn't have great grades to finish my high school career. Mm-hmm. But uh, my big brother and mentor Dexter got me a summer job because he was transitioning out of his job for six weeks to go and be a mentor at Head Royce. And he needed, his boss told him to have somebody fill his position. And for whatever reason, he chose me. Mm. And it was the first time in my life that I was in a position with not only my name, but also somebody else's name who put me in a position. Mm. And so now here I am, 18 years old. Literally, I almost like didn't go to my senior night because it was on Sunday and I started work on Monday. And um, in the six weeks that I was there, I earned myself a full time position um, and they kept me on even when Dexter came back uh, because I was hustling and because I had the motivation of somebody else's reputation who put me in this position to keep me going, even in my moments of wanting to be lazy. And Mm. so um, I think before that, I have felt like I was hardworking. But there was always holes in my process, and there was mm. always holes. I was I was hardworking in a basketball on a basketball floor, but I didn't work on my weaknesses. Mm. And here I was for the first time in my life that I was willing to do whatever to make it happen because I had somebody else's name um, pushing me forward. And hey. so I think that was the first time that I was like really, really hustling and, and showing my full work ethic.
3: Kay. Hey,
0: hearing all your guys' stories right now, like. Mike to sum that up when you said the whole like do whatever it takes makes me think about being like unstoppable and Asia your stories makes me think about humility mm. and like Damien, your story well, my story makes you think haters haters that to keep you down when you try to do something honest the haters you know what I'm saying Don't like and it really just shows when you mentioned too, Mike, the fact like the holes in our own work ethic and just like the holes in our journey and the process it takes during the hustle because the mm-hmm. hustle is not, the hustle is not a straight line. Mm-hmm. And the hustle isn't made for those who don't want to work. Just going to put that out there real quick. It's not right. made for those who don't want to work. No. You ain't ready to work, right. you ain't ready to hustle. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? it's a fact. Preach. It's the realest. the realest.
1: the realest. We- <laughs> I was going to say a cuss word that really sh- I ever wrote. And I think we should take a little further and say that if you don't love to work, mm. the hustle's not for you.
0: Yes.
1: yes. That's all. Yes. <laughs> when well, they said the dream is
0: free, the hustle sold separately, anybody can dream. you going to work for that dream no? You know what I'm saying? So, yes. I, w- I want you guys to think about, you know, our listeners, reflect on that. Reflect on the times you really had to hustle hard. And like we said, this is open for interpretation. We all gave you guys different interpretations of our own hustle. But we're now going to segue into our seed of the day, which I think we're all excited to discuss. Are we excited to discuss this?
3: Oh, for sure. Are we
0: excited? Because we've been playing Nipsey. We've been playing Beyonce. Yeah. I, I'm just so filled. I just got to say this real quick. I'm just filled with so much. Pride and strength right now for my blackness. Like I feel like the ancestors yes. are like having a revival in my spirit right now. Y'all you know, <laughs> the
4: power too, huh? you know, like I just—it
0: it is a great time to be black. It's always been great always. to be black, even during the hard, the struggle, the whatever moments. But I don't
1: know. The Afro is so appropriate. For this <laughs> it <thing>. is.
3: <laughs> you need your pig. You need your pig so and
0: your pro right now. <laughs> yes. Yes, y'all. Oh, right. And I'm rocking my fro. Uh, yes, I think the universe is communicating with me. Because as Ashley says, you know, our hair defies. Yes. It does not follow rules. That's right. Yes. So,
4: yes. Um, that reminds me of our picture that we have. In the yeah, that we're all, all, all is,
0: right? you know, That was Black Panther, it's like our Black Panther moment right huh. now. Like, yeah, you know, we, yes. we feeling real black. And it's okay if you ain't black, feel black with us. It's, it's all yes. love. Yes. It's for everybody. You know, it's really it's really for everybody. Well, For black people in particular, it's something special for us. Mm. But as people as a whole, it's just good to feel good about who you are. Absolutely. And let's just put that out there for whatever you identify as. Feel good about who you are and celebrate when somebody else feels good, too, because we can all feel good together. But so anyway, we're going to hop right into it, but just kind of set it up. The reason why we thought it would be cool to have this conversation, a conversation with Beyoncé and Nipsey, as stated earlier, Our culture right now has experienced some loss with Nipsey, but also a lot of gain and greatness with him, too. Mm. As you guys were stating earlier, even though he's gone, you feel like it's still the same and you can speak to that more. And then also to a Beyonce who has been putting in work for over 20 years, because like Homecoming is like something within itself. But this is a... A, like a track record leading up to this given moment and it's just important to look at the work ethics the style the perseverance the excellence of what they're doing and for us to think about how does that reflect my life and where I'm at and what I'm doing because we all have the excellence we all have that greatness like we all have a light we all have a gift we all have a purpose and we're trying to encourage everybody to tap into that yes. so yeah so we're just gonna hop right all into it um so many questions so many different things to think about But we're going to start the conversation kind of talking broadly about Nipsey and Beyonce. Then we'll segue more into, like, our own personal processing, and then we'll give you guys some tips and advice. But I'm curious to ask you guys, and I know this is not going to stick to one word, obviously, but maybe we could try to, like, hop around and say, then we can elaborate. Mm -hmm. If there's one word to describe homecoming, Beyonce's homecoming, and if there's one word to describe Nipsey's legacy, what would that one word be? And then we can go around and
4: say... Uh Are we one word to describe both or one word for, for each? each? Yeah, so,
0: so you have Beyoncé and you have Nipsey. I'll go first. I'll go off the top of my spirit. For Nipsey, I'm going to say the one word is diligence. And for Beyoncé, I'm going to say she defies.
2: Oh, I like that. Uh, I'll go next. For... And Damon's thinking real hard yes. pensive moments pensive mm-hmm. moments y'all uh, I will say for Beyonce Beyonce's Homecoming the word I would use is homage mm. uh, and for Nipsey Hussle R.I.P. I'm going to use the word promise
4: mm. Mm. Um, for me Beyonce's Homecoming I'm going to go with heart and for uh nipsey's marathon i'm gonna go with real
1: i'm gonna cheat a little bit (laughs) (coughs) for beyonce i'm gonna go with legendary Mm. and for nipsey i'm gonna go with prolific
0: was beautiful look at that look at that look look at god look look at god y'all take a moment to think about y'all words but let's let's elaborate on this um i'll just open it up because let's explain our reactions and what these figures have like done for our culture and done for us
4: well first off i want to say that um this is like such a beautiful time for Um, people who are black and famous because I think we have so many people that have achieved that stardom that are doing really beautiful and positive things and these two are like two that we can have a conversation about today that kind of capture um, a lot of what our black people are doing in this society right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Hart and Beyonce, I think that um, it made me think of a common line where a home is where the heart is, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that, like, she's home right now. And, um, <laughs> like,
0: oh, with, like that. with
4: what she's been doing with Lemonade, um, she has, like, full circle come back to where we came from. Mm. Um, and come back to our foundation as a people Mm. and she is home and so I I, Mm. I give her heart because um, obviously home is not a good word for homecoming but like she has has touched us all and she has returned back to the heart of what it is to be a black person Mm. Um, and I think that's a really beautiful thing as far as Nipsey goes when I say real what I really respect about Nipsey is that never in his stardom was he not himself, yeah. but never did he fail to give us as a people the true understanding of what we should be looking for, Amen. right? So he had that great balance mm-hmm. between staying him, himself. He was still like, you know, he was still always rolling 60s, yeah. but he was still always rolling 60s telling us about making sure that we bought property in our hoods. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like he was, he was still that, that person that came from where he came from, yeah. That thought about where we were trying to go. Amen. And I think that is like really, really Love real. That. And I will always respect Nipsey for always holding and maintaining holding on to and maintaining that balance.
0: Yes. Keep it yes, staying like authentic to who you are without trying to compromise that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And what else what are you who else wants to, you know, elaborate on theirs?
2: So when I think of <laughs> When I think of Beyonce's homecoming, I use the word homage because she, in her performance and just in her music and her artistry, just really celebrates black culture and um, the black experience. I... I love that performance. It just embodied her entire work, her journey over the last 20 plus years. Um, I felt like we were taking that journey with her as black people and just all people, you know, just her fan base, um, as a whole. Um, but I just really appreciate her celebration of blackness overall. Um, Just in that performance, specifically, and in her body of work, um, especially uh, female blackness. Yeah, I felt she was giving us the thigh meat, the booty (laughs) cheeks. You know the the five thousand dollar lace front wigs. I mean, she was she was giving me all kinds of life. Um, (laughs) and then I also feel like too in a way (laughs) um, Yes. Um what life is. So it's it's like a deep respect for black people and and our culture. And it's also a respect for her and the work that she's put in, the grind that she's been on um all her life as an artist. And um for Nipsey, I use the word um Oh, my gosh. I almost forgot my word. Um, I use the word promise. (laughs) Yes. So I use the word promise because when you think of promise, you think of like like expectation and like success for the future. And I feel that Nipsey Hussle's life is an example to black people and what we should do to. And for our communities, you know, I really feel like he laid a blueprint. Uh, like you guys said before, he he never um, he was always authentic, but he he reinvested in revitalizing black communities yeah. and he did it through his wealth. And so what Nipsey inspires me to do and what I hope that he inspires um, all of us to do are just to determine what our purpose is Mm. he determined his purpose was through his music and his music was about his life on the streets and you know he he made he generated income from his music and then he funneled that income into his community and so he really in my opinion um he laid a blueprint and I think that he just gives me, hope for what the black community can look like years to come Amen. if we just really delve into what we're supposed to do while we're here and um, contribute what we need to to our communities.
0: Tribute. I like that. The promise,
2: the homage, the real, the
0: heart. <laughs> Oh God, <laughs> it's just so much black loveliness up in here, all types of joy. Um, so I was I was blank on what to say for my word for Beyonce, and then talking and going through stuff and then thinking about Ashley and how she mentioned Defy in our hair. That's why I thought a Beyonce for my word, and I looked up Defy, and one um, definition, because it's a verb, so it's like action, right? So. The definition is openly resist or refuse to obey. And so I've been rocking with Beyonce since 97, first Destiny Child, no, 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 no album. Okay, I feel like Beyonce is like the unofficial big sister. Like we grew up with Beyonce from no, 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 to bills, 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 to independent woman, to survivor, to crazy in love, to I am Sasha Fierce, to deja vu, to lemonade, to four, like everything, right? And like, when I look back, I'm like, dang, I can listen to each album. And I, I was at a different point in my life. And I just, I respect Beyoncé for that. And I feel like homecoming and watching her in that element, it allowed me to even go back and watch her earlier stuff, like Live in Wembley and the Beyoncé experience. And one thing that's consistent about her is, and I remember she mentioned this in her um, Life is But a Dream um, documentary, she mentioned how, as a child, watching entertainers, specifically Michael Jackson, and saying, I want to do that. And, like, the fact that she was able to specifically speak and pursue and go after what she wanted and not let anything or anybody stop her and defy and overcome any obstacle and to be the first black woman to headline Coachella mm-hmm. and to do it so biggity, smiggity, awesomely black. So, yes. Biggity, <laughs> biggity
3: black.
0: Yes. Biggity black, like, hella black. Like, all in your face black. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and to be a woman doing that and, like, the power, the strength, the versatility that she has, how she can go from singing, lift every voice, being righteous, to saying, suck on my balls, bitch. Excuse my language, but she said it. She said it. We can go from righteousness to ratchetness. We can go from I don't need you to I love you. The versatility of who we are as a people. And so, that type of, like, defy, like, to just not keep herself in a box and feel like she has to be something for somebody else, it's inspiring. And I appreciate that. And I think as Black people, and especially as black women, when we're always placed in a box, a box, excuse me, in terms of how we look, how we should act, what we should do, I don't think Beyonce sticks to that. Mm. I feel like she pushes past that. And I appreciate Homecoming for reminding me of that in my own type of ways that I could defy things. Um, so that's what I to say about Beyonce. And then uh, for um, Nipsey, I said diligence. But when you said contribute, I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna say my word for him is contributor because with nipsey i just like there's so many things to say and i feel like i'm still processing the loss i think about the trauma in our neighborhoods and our communities and just i'm just thinking about a lot of different things but he definitely was someone who was on his grind, on his hustle, and wasn't just thinking about ways to build himself up, but ways to build other people up. And the fact that he could think of ways to contribute to his own individual success and then connect it to everybody else makes me think about somebody who knows how to contribute and selflessly give. It also makes me think about someone who is in, like, an action-based visionary Visionary like not someone just with a vision but someone who has an action behind it because a lot of people say Oh, I want it to be this but he actually went back into it and bought it right. You know what I mean? And like yeah. even standing there at his store I said this is real, you know like He really made this for people and like there is a promise behind that there is realness behind that There is something prolific that I want to hear you're gonna break that down behind all of that So I want to say for Nipsey, you know, I feel like he's a contributor And I also just respect his hustle because being diligent he was very much steady yet energetic towards what he wanted, and I feel like even though he's gone now, his spirit is still, like, running in within all of us, mm. and the marathon is going to always continue, so that's how I want to break down how I feel about these people right now.
1: Mm. Amen, sister.
0: Hey, amen, brother. Amen.
1: <laughs> amen.
4: That's how we feeling about tonight. We just feeling all types Sunday, of... We luck.
1: over here with libations. We over here having church. <laughs>
0: Here, just honoring what is
1: good, what is good about blackness. That's right. Yes. All right. So for Beyonce, I said legendary, and what I mean by that is that when you look at Beyonce, what she means to our culture, what she means to our generation, people who actually like grew up like us, uh, most of us in this in this age group. I know Mike's a little young, but it's okay. <laughs>
3: um, He's like, he's like, what, he's like what's he's like, what's bills, bills, bills? Gonna- uh,
2: uh, <laughs> I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the shades have been drawn.
3: <laughs> shade drawn. As long as
1: we didn't want to turn the light on because we knew the shade was um, So when, uh, when I think about Beyonce over my lifetime, like, you know, just like you were saying, like, I think about what she meant in each one of those mm-hmm. time frames, you know what I mean? Whether it's you look at her album or whatever she was doing at the time, like what she's meant for people who grew up at the time where she was doing her thing. And when you look back on it years from now, hundred years from now, she's going to be up there with like some of the greatest, biggest people you ever heard of in your life. You know what I mean? Look back and she's going to be in history books like a Cleopatra kind of person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and when you look at that and you look at the impact and then you look at Homecoming. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I did watch enough to see her talk about um, just how exhausted she was from going through all the work that she was doing and how she had to push herself to come back after the pregnancy yeah. and all the stuff that she did and how tired she was and mm. how she was like, I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. Like, all that. like when you think about a person who's dedicated themselves that much to becoming what she is, mm-hmm. that's a legendary feat. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's something that you're going to look back on. And right. some people are not going to believe that a person could do that kind of thing. Yeah. But for people who were there and saw it and are inspired by it, it. It, it sparks a whole culture of people who try to do the same thing. And no. that's where legend comes from. You know? Yeah, what I mean? so, exactly. I like that. So we all even me you know, men, women, it doesn't matter. Black white, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. When they see Beyonce and they see like what she's able to accomplish as a human being, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well maybe I'm not I'm not gonna do that. Like most people are not going to do that, but it will help you to do what you are going to do. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? So everybody has their own pushing. Absolutely. Yeah. And everybody's yep. not going to be that big. And you know, everybody doesn't want to be that. No, everybody doesn't no. want to work that hard. It's no. not it's not that's not what everyone's purpose is, Mm-mm. but people like that help you to find your purpose and then get the motivation behind it to actually Man. pursue it and continue yeah. to pursue it. Mhm. So, legendary. Yes,
3: brother mm-hmm.
1: Damon. All right. So, Nipsey <laughs> I say prolific, and I said I was gonna. I said I'm kind of cheating because he had a tattooed on his face. Mm-hmm. He had the word prolific tattooed on his face. But um, but when I think about the word, and if you don't know what the word means, I'm gonna just read <laughs> the, the definition of it real quick. Producing much fruit or foliage or many offspring, mm-hmm. and then the other word is is present in large numbers or quantities, plentiful. Mm-hmm. So, what I mean when I talk about Nipsey is this. You look at what's happened over the last month, just as the fact that he died. Right? Yeah. We've lost a lot of entertainers. We lost a lot of individuals mm-hmm. over over time. We've we've lost so many people, but you've you haven't seen something this big mm-hmm. in a very long time. Yeah. Like Michael Jackson was big because of how of the person yeah. that he was, but when when Nipsey passed, like the world pretty much stopped, yeah. and people who didn't know have any idea who he was, start seeing all these people come from all these different areas, mm-hmm. like. You don't know, we just lost. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, "Okay, who is this guy? Like what? And then they're like, "Oh, shit. Like mm-hmm. this dude was he was on to something. He mm-hmm. was something different. You know what I mean mm-hmm. and 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 that is what kind of sparked this whole thing. Like Gary Vee is a person that I follow very closely.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And him and Nipsey had a pretty close relationship. I guess randomly they were like, has some business things going on. So he has a lot of content that, they've produced together like he does a lot of uh video blogs and like podcasts and stuff so he put together this um he put together this little tribute to him it was like mm-hmm. a 10 minute thing where he just like had a bunch of different footage of him and put it together into this thing and when you look at it and to see him in that element outside because you think about it like you said he was a rolling rolling 60s script for sure
4: yeah like no question yeah. nobody
1: would ever question that right mm-hmm. he was a businessman for sure nobody would ever question that you see him with gary v he was a um, he was forward thinking in the tech industry. I saw a video of him uh, right. with this guy that he worked with to to do his store. Mm-hmm. Right. That was doing this whole virtual reality, mm-hmm. augmented reality stuff, and he was working with him on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was working on like resorts out. Yeah. In, in, like, he was doing so many different things and spreading himself and spreading his energy in so many different yeah. places. That now that he's passed, everyone like all that is starting to bear fruit so everything is starting to come out and be the like promise. we have exactly the mm-hmm. promise so all that stuff and it's gonna spark like um <laughs> i've been thinking of this analogy for a long time because i was walking in the redwoods one time um i forgot which ones it was i don't think it was mere woods but whatever I'm walking in the redwoods with my friend and he was like do you know how this happens it was like a dead tree It's like a it was like a stump
3: mm-hmm. and
1: there was like trees growing all out of all around mm-hmm. it he was like do you know why this happens and I was like, Nah, I don't I have no idea. He was like, Because when a redwood dies, basically, the result of it dying causes this offspring of all these trees around it to mm. grow. You know what I mean? All these trees are feeding off of this stump. Wow. I was like, That's crazy, right? Mm. So when I think about that, and I look mm. at the 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 reaction or the response to Nipsey dying, it's like.
3: Yeah
1: that's the same reaction yeah. it's like wow yes we lost this soul and it's sad and it's horrible mm-hmm. and i feel worse mostly for him like specifically he his being does not get to be here anymore he doesn't get to do any he doesn't get to go further mm-hmm. and i feel bad for that because when you look at all the things that he put out and all of the things all the energy that he ever spoke about putting out he wanted to put out positive energy he wanted to be a, a light for people. He wanted to. He wanted to help and, and build his community and stuff like that. I saw an interview where he was talking to. This was way back. This is like ten years ago. He was in New York, and they asked him about like how he felt about like the gang culture in New York, because you know they thought that he was gonna be like, oh, I'm from LA. Yeah. You know, we don't really respect the the mm-hmm. Crips and you know how they do it in, in New York because we don't respect it. But he was like, look. I'm not here to put any negative com- uh, negative energy into any community. They're gonna do what they're gonna do, and that's cool. I'm here to build my community, to build our culture, and to and to help us grow. Yeah. And at that young, he was like probably like twenty something at that point, like twenty five, yeah. I want to say. But just yeah. like just seeing all those things over and over again, and then the last thing I'll say is, actually, it was like a year ago, like dang near today. Mm-hmm. That we had that four forty four lemonade conversation. That was
0: in May, yeah, wasn't it? It was May, yeah. Yeah, it was May.
1: And that was the same day when I came back from. Oh, the, the, the drive down to LA yeah. when I went down to do, to the event where they were doing a deconstruction of yeah. the Nipsey Hussle album, the Victory Lap album.
3: Yeah, you're uh, right.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Because one of
1: my good friends from San Diego was like the main producer on his Victory Lap album.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Now I want to go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I listened
1: to it the th- other day cuz I was like I got to I yeah. got to go back to that. So basically, back to this prolific thing. So, real quick, just real quick summary of what that was. I went down there, and one of my good friends was a producer on his album. Um, He worked with them for the last, like, 10 years. He produced most of his music over the last 10 Mm -hmm. years. Most of the music that you heard was produced by by my boy Mike. But um, So I went down there, and they did the whole deconstruction. They talked about how the album was made, but then there was this one segment where they had a question-and-answer segment, and the guy asked all of the producers and then the whole team that worked with them, they had everybody go around and say What was, what has Nipsey's impact been on you? Like, Mm -hmm. what have you learned from working with Nipsey over the Mm -hmm. last 10 years? And, uh, you know, people were talking about his work ethic. They talk about how he always wanted to make sure that the energy was right in the Mm -hmm. room. Like, uh, you know, he didn't want to allow anyone who had any negative energy around what they were doing because he wanted to always be positive. They talked about how much books he read. And like, there was just so many things. They all went around and just talked about it. and. That plus all the other things that I just said about the different places where he was mm-hmm. working and the different people that he impacted. It's just like this guy was so much bigger than something that you can box into anything. You yeah. can't if you call him a rapper, you, you yeah, you don't know anything. If yeah. you, you can't really you can't really say what he was. He was a person who just in him, in his self, he was so confident and strong in what he believed and and so comfortable in where he was that he was okay being himself no matter where he was. Exactly who he was and everyone had to respect it. Yep. You know, so when you look at that and someone like me, I'm like, yes, this is like a big thing right now. everybody's looking at Nipsey right now. Yeah, but at the same time, I can't look past the fact that everything that I've ever wanted to try to do, everything that I wanted to, you know, try to like, every impact that I wanted to have on the world is what I see in him right now, mm-hmm. everything, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, that's exactly what I have in mind when I think about like, what mm-hmm. do I want? Like, how do I want people to remember me mm-hmm. when I'm dead? And it was way before this happened. That's yeah. been what I wanted. You know what I mean? Yeah. So seeing someone like that is, is very sad and it's horrible. And, 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 and we hate to see that soul leave the, leave yeah. the earth, but like it doesn't leave because like his mom said when he left, his energy went into all of us.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And
1: someone like that, we got to take it and we got to hold it and we got to keep it pushing. That's what exactly. the Marathon Continue like really means.
0: And so, that makes me think yeah. about then like the next question and like everything you said, especially Damon, like the whole idea of like how death still feeds life.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Like the sacrifice, the selflessness of one and how it can still give on to another because life continues, the marathon continues and I'm really curious to know like, I've been thinking a a lot about that, like, what marathon do you guys feel like you're currently running? we talked about Nipsey, we talked about Beyoncé, we've highlighted the greatness, the amazingness of who they are, but then we think about who we are as individuals in our own communities and what work we can do Mm -hmm. and how that's living in us right now. How far can we push ourselves? Mm -hmm. What type of energy or giving or whatever gifts or talents do we have to hone and work on? What marathon are you guys running? (laughs) <laughs> Everybody's like, <laughs> I <need> a break. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: um, I think, I think what's what's really interesting about uh, where I'm at right now is talking to um, the two wonderful ladies that are here on the podcast with us today about um, the fact that, like, I just was like a keynote speaker at a graduation, um, and I'm I'm really. I'm really serious about mentorship. Um, I'm a basketball coach. I'm really trying to pour a lot into the youth, um, so that they could continue to like push us forward, right? As a as an entire culture. But more than more than ever, right now, I feel like I'm I'm running the same marathon that was run by our ancestors, mm. and I feel like all I've done is join the masses mm-hmm. of, of black people who are continuously and seriously trying to push our culture forward. Yes. Um, and so I don't think that the marathon that I'm running is an individual marathon. I think it's a marathon that I just joined that's mm. been being ran for many, many years mm-hmm. and that many, many people have given to before me. Mm. And that's a really, really good feeling, though. You know, and I, I feel so blessed to officially feel like I joined the group um, and, and not that I've ever been separated, but I think that now as I see my mentorship, especially of of, of black people, um, and I'm seeing like the fruits start to grow and start to prosper, it's such a beautiful feeling to just be able to acknowledge that I'm one of many, you know, and that I'm, I'm one of the four of us who are here and sitting here and actively trying to push uh, not only just black people. But everybody Mm -hmm. forward, but black people, especially, you know, and I'm and I'm one who can always talk to what that experience is and how it feels to be on the marathon. And I think Damon really, really spoke to it. And I think you could probably hear it in his voice of how much fans of Nipsey we are. You know, like I spent three and a half years in L.A. listening to Nipsey. Um, and listening to the marathons. And then I came back out here, and here I am watching, uh, like, my third class of graduates graduate. And he just came out fairly recently with the victory lap. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I'm like, we're seeing this full circle start mm-hmm. to come, in the fact that, like, wow, we just— we just we just part of the masses you know i'm just i um, joining the the many beautiful black people that were here to push our culture forward um and that did everything that they can and gave all of their soul and their heart to doing so and here i am um blessed to say that let's let's take it back a little bit we are all young yeah. and yeah. actively yeah. given to that <laughs> You know, uh, let me. You you called me a little young earlier. I'm gonna pull y'all back in um, and say that we are all young Black people who are really, really uh, contributing to the whole. You know, and I just feel truly honored and blessed that I get to be one of those people. That's like one of many. You know.
0: Every time you're saying many, you know, songs, think I'm coming to my head.
3: What?
0: Many, many, many. Sorry.
3: (laughs) no, i probably say many I, hell of
0: times right there, like, I'm like, yeah, brother, yeah. yeah. Many, many, yeah. many, many. Nah, like, I love that. The fact that you said you're joining the marathon, like, this is the greatest race. Mm. You know what I mean? And we're all in it together. I love that, because it is a collective thing. Like, we all have, like, our individual lane to contribute to it, but it's all for the greater good. Mm. It's kind of like that metaphor of, like, the body, you know, right. Fred Hampton always said that. He said the head ain't nothing without the body. Right. You need the head, but you need the fingers, you need the toes, you need the ears, you need, you need every part to do its work. And that's why it's important that we all acknowledge, what is my gift? What right. is my purpose? How can I contribute? And when I'm thinking about my marathon or the marathon that I'm collectively running with the masses, I thought a lot about how the marathon for me is not about what's happening externally, it's more so what's happening internally. And the marathon for me is more so about a race in terms of how to grow better on the inside. So then that will reflect the outside mm. and also who I connect with, mm. because mm. I got to start with making sure that my mental, my heart and my spirit is good. So then everything outside will reflect that. Right. Um, so the marathon, to me, is a marathon that I—this is my mantra for life, which is around renewal of the mind, protection of the heart, and strength through the spirit. And that's the marathon I have to continually go through on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year, God willing, until I'm 95, say 100. Because hmm. um, <laughs> I feel like the more I work at that— the it's going to reflect what's going on on my external um endpoint or outpoint more so and um it's just important because i just it the reason why like it's important for me or what i've learned thus far is in a world where we're so at times fixated on like Material things or commercial success or what the next person's doing or how everybody should, you know follow trends or do this or do that But nothing's focused on like your heart Mm -hmm. Nothing's focused on like your mind. Nothing's focused on like your spirit And I feel like when we get more tapped into that then everything else will fall into place and everything else will matter So my marathon is making sure I'm like slow within my thoughts reflective resetting um, being patient with the process, being humble, working with others, recognizing that nothing I do is done alone. It is all through everybody. I was telling people that today at the festival, I said, These plays aren't mine. These are the community. Mm. I said, The plays, when we put on the plays, we donated back to the community, and the yes. community put these shows on. So we don't do nothing alone. So, every time I'm, like, working on my marathon within, it makes it stronger outside. And I see the strength, and I see it reflected in my life, because everybody around me is doing great-ass stuff. I'm like, Mm. I some great people. Y'all great. You're great. You're (laughs) great. You're great. great." So, yeah,
2: that's my marathon. (laughs) Concluding with a snap. Uh, So, it's interesting, Deacon Mike, (laughs) you said something that really stood out to me when you talked about um, how we're essentially continuing the race that our ancestors ran. And it had me thinking about Big Mama, who is my great-grandmother, who I never met, Vera Smith. But I remember my mom telling me how she, at one point, um, cleaned dressing rooms for white actresses. And it's really interesting, because being an actor, whenever I've been cast in anything, Um, and being in a dressing room, I just think of her. Um, When I think of the marathon that I'm running, I just think about mastering my purpose. Um, I really, truly feel that we're all placed on this earth with an assignment, and that the goal is to fulfill that assignment before we die. Mm -hmm. And there's so many people out there who unfortunately don't do it. So Mm -hmm. um, it's, for me, personally, it's giving back to my community. It's, you know, being active for social justice for the black community. And it's also my artistry Mm -hmm. and storytelling. And so when I think of a marathon, I, I don't put limitations on... My age or where I'm at in my life or where I'm at in my journey, I just make sure that I'm doing something daily that feeds to my purpose mm.
0: Mm. very well said, sister Jackson mm. what are you thinking over here,
1: Brother Damon? so yeah, I think a, a perfect pig- piggyback off of what sister Jackson. Was- <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, We're like the CG so ministry. So I've never actually ran a marathon. I ran a half marathon and like...
0: Oh, like What you, you was, did? The, what you call it? I know.
1: Hold on. <laughs> brother's ran a marathon. I he tried to be all modest. Listen, I have run an actual 26.2 mile marathon. Did,
3: yo. <laughs> let let me let say, what like, okay say, let say what I'm like, saying. Let me like, say what I'm saying.
1: I have not run a marathon an actual <laughs> marathon but I have done a half Ironman and... A half marathon.
3: Okay. All right okay. See, all right. you,
1: so you still did somewhat of a marathon. So I have okay, a little okay. bit of experience okay. in <laughs> endurance
3: sports. That's yes, right. what I'm saying. Okay.
1: <laughs> and so when I think about when you talk about the marathon and you ask what kind of race you're what race you're running, I think about like when I was actually doing those races and what was important to focus on.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And you have to and like the thing about being successful in a race like that is that you have to focus on a lot of different factors at the same time. And check in on a lot of different things as you're running the race. Like, you got to check your heart rate. You got to check your nutrition. You got to check mm-hmm. your water. You got to check, you know, you got to scan your body, make sure that, you know, your your, your form is right and, and that you're pacing yourself properly and that your wind is right. Like, you have to check a lot of different things. You got to be balanced, basically. So when we think about the marathon in life, it's the same thing. Like, mm. it's not necessarily the end goal of crossing any any particular finish line necessarily but it's like along the way making sure that you are tending to each, each of those different factors hey that you need to so like yes like Mike said like we are definitely a continuation of what our ancestors started well you know we inherited the race that we're running right now mm-hmm. and we're just a part of it and then you know generations beyond us we'll just carry it on so for us I think that the most important thing is just to make sure that the energy that we're putting out every day is supportive of whatever your purpose is whatever your cause is that you are particularly fighting for so when i first thought about the question i was like okay what is like my end goal but then thinking about it more is like that's not a Mm -hmm. marathon that's not what the marathon Mm -hmm. is the end goal is not what's important it's about every day what is it that Mm -hmm. you're doing what is it where are you placing your energy what Mm -hmm. are you focusing on what are you feeding into and then when I thought about that I'm like okay so what am I feeding into I'm feeding into my family first obviously well myself first then my family Mm
3: -hmm.
1: God making sure that okay this is not in order
3: (laughs) (laughs) Let me just not for <laughs> this in <You> order. <laughs> yeah.
1: Making sure that I'm spiritually correct, making sure yeah. that the culture that I care so much about, that I'm giving something to it and making sure that I'm putting something positive in it, whatever it is. Yeah. Whether it's just this right now, what we're doing right now, and speaking on how I was impacted mm-hmm. by certain people, it's just always putting positive energy in something that's going to help us to progress. Um, so, yeah. So, for me, like... I've actually lately been having a hard time with like what my next move is, like where I want to place my focus, Mm. you know, professionally in in my next move. But Mm. um, something that stood out to me when I was working with uh, Tristan Walker, with Walker and Company, uh, Bevel, if you don't know what those other two things are, (laughs) uh, (laughs) something that I heard him mention one day was that he read that in life, like if you're talking about impact, the first third of your life is learning the second third of your life is earning and then the last third of your life is returning that's what he heard so Mm -hmm. so you learn and then you build some type of value some type of uh (laughs) value and then you give back in the at at the end of that but then he was like you know what but i kind of want to like kind of flip that a little bit and do it at the same time. I want to give back while I'm earning so I don't, you know, cut myself short or whatever, right? So thinking about that, that's always kind of stuck out in my head. So the race that I'm running is making sure that, to bring it all together, making sure that I'm balanced in a way where I I do want to achieve certain things. There's certain things that I want to leave my mark on the planet. But at the same time, I also want to give back. And I want that to be, like, social impact is very important to me, whether it's through the anchor program stuff that I'm doing, or other, or this, or, or whatever else, is just making sure that. That's why it's so important for me that I make, that I try to, you know, keep the seat you so think coming. I mean, going because it's it's not easy, but but I want to make sure it's going because that's something that's very very important to me. Yes. Like, my voice and expressing whatever it is that's in my mind, whatever I'm thinking, like, is very important to me, and I feel like I hope that it can one day be important to the culture as a whole. Amen. So. Um, I don't know. I, kind of just, I don't really have a good, Learning, like, really have a, like, good closing for that. But basically, yeah. um, yeah, just like making sure that I'm balanced and making sure that I'm, I'm I'm paying attention to what our culture needs, what our people need, what our community needs, what yeah. my family needs, what I need, and it's, and, and running all those races together yeah. is what I think of when I think of marathon. Hmm.
0: It's a collective process. It's yeah. not linear. It's not in a box. It's not easy. But it is worth it. It 100%. is needed. Yeah. And we got to continue because those before us did it. Yeah. And there are going to be those after us, your children, all of our unborn children to come that will need it too. So we got to make it better because those for us made it better. So we ain't got no choice. It's a good choice, though.
1: Oh, one thing One thing that I was thinking about when I was thinking about these questions that I didn't even touch on right now. So, I think the important thing about the marathon is that, or the race that you run on a day-to-day basis, is that it can end at any point. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: It could stop right now, and that has to be okay. Like mm-hmm. your race this, it does not have a length; it doesn't have. You don't know that you have a hundred years. You don't know that you have seventy, eighty years. You don't know that you have. Yeah. 50. You
3: don't
0: know
1: what you have. That's what like God willing. You have no idea <laughs> yeah. how many years you have, so you don't look at the end goal like, "Oh, well, I'm trying to get here. I'm trying to get to yeah. this particular point." It, it, that's not gonna. That's not gonna be successful for you. You have to look at okay today. Yep. I want. I want to make this impact today. Agreed. And if it ends today then that's was that was it and and at least i made the impact that i was trying to make today and
0: that's thank you for saying that because that goes back to what you said in terms of how like people get so caught up in the next point like it's either people are living in what's going to be or what was but nobody's where it's at mm-hmm. and we have to be present because that's all we do have because tomorrow is not promised and i hope and pray for all of us in this room and for those listening that we can have our four scores as they call it and if you make it past four scores, at least according to Bible, then you blessed. So, I mean, so I just pray that we can live long, luxurious, fulfilling lives, but let's take each day one day at a time. And we do need to wrap up this conversation, but I do want to at least get to one more question. And I want to wrap it up on the last question. Um, so, like, we'll just try to be as quick as possible. So we said two tips for our listeners on how to keep perse- um, persevering and maintaining excellence. So maybe just, like, you know, Narrow it down the one. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. <laughs>
3: did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear that? Mm-hmm. Girl. All right, we're gonna try, yeah. we're gonna I try got to do right this quickly. So no. I'm gonna go first and no. take five seconds.
0: <laughs> I just felt like being dramatic. What did I put? Okay, this is what I put. I don't even know if I, I can even find it. I'm gonna speak off the top of my spirit. Mm -hmm. This is what I think about uh, um, persevering or preserving um, both or maintaining excellence. Um, In the most simple way, be comfortable and own who you are. Um, I really think right now in today's culture, especially with social media and technology and everything, people are always looking at what other people are doing. Like, well, this person did this, and this person did that, and blah, 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 and da, 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 which is great. There's nothing wrong with being inspired by somebody. There's nothing wrong with, you know, looking up to somebody. But at the end of the day, you're not them. You have to be who you are. And I think, like, especially this past weekend at the Bay Area Book Festival, it was so interesting that a lot of people came up to me like, oh, you're a playwright? Oh, oh what, what what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, a, a play is something you read. Like, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, you gotta perform it, but you can actually print it. You can publish it. You can read it. And a lot of people were kind of like, whoa, that's different. I'm it like, is. yeah. Have you ever read a Shakespeare book? Well, I mean, like, because people <laughs> usually, like, the the actual play that, we were able to publish and produce that's not what people typically do it's just more like the right. script it's yeah. not like the actual like cover art it's not For like sure. the actors and the forward that's not normal Shakespeare did it Shakespeare, Shakespeare. Well, somebody did it well I'm talking I'm talking about just in terms of the fact that it's not per se the norm Um, and so I'm just using that as an example for the fact that be comfortable with who you are, own who you are because everybody gets so caught up in what everybody else is doing that they think they have to do it and that doesn't leave room for the ability to do something different, new and fun and creative. And even if you're out there as a lone person by yourself, it's okay because somebody at the end of the day will connect with you and will vibe with you. And you'll inspire other people because I've met other playwrights that were like, this is dope. I need to do the same thing too. And I think that's the importance of just like owning you, who you are, being comfortable with who you are, and then getting around other people who think like that too. Because we all have something to give. We all have something to Offer And when we allow ourselves to be comfortable with that, then we all can shine and grow together. But we're all trying to do the same thing. It's going to be a bland salad. You know, like if we all just sat here and had the same opinion, that'd be hella boring. So it'd be a bland salad. You know what I mean? No, it it would be mayonnaise. You know, it'd be, I don't know what I'm saying. It'd be a mayonnaise, bland salad, you know? some enchiladas. You know, I some <laughs> good. Enchilada I want the enchiladas and, oh, and macaroni and cheese an and the salad? lumpia <laughs> and, you know, a kale smoothie. I want it all. So, be comfortable with who you are. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, so, okay. this, one, this one advice on how to persevere and maintain excellence.
1: Oh, yeah. So, I think the biggest thing for me is, like, know what you consider to be excellence. Um, because if you wake up every morning and you don't even know how to answer the question, what is what do what is excellence for me, then you don't know how to be excellent that day. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have a clear picture of what I consider to be excellent, what I consider to be fulfilled or successful, then you know you have a carrot that you you could chase, you know, but if you don't then you just wake up and you don't know what you're doing. You're just going to do whatever comes to you that day. And then that's not going to really inspire those things. Perseverance is not going to inspire you to work hard towards something because you don't have anything to work towards. Mm -hmm. So start with, okay, well, what is what what do I hold important? Mm -hmm. What do I want to what 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 do I want to improve or what do I want to what impact do I want to leave today? Um, If you can't answer that question when you wake up, then that should be the first thing that you do.
2: Thank you, brother. Um, as far <laughs> hilarious as far as <laughs> so you talk about maintaining excellence and perseverance. So, as far as maintaining excellence, it's pretty much what Aisha and Damon just mentioned. Authenticity is really important; just being true to who you are. Um, being true to your voice and what it is that you want to put out in the world. I believe that just following your purpose, I, it just all comes back to purpose. And and doing, doing the thing that ignites you, the thing that makes you happy, and the thing that s- also serves other people to whatever degree that is, uh, that's how you maintain excellence, in my opinion. As far as persevering, uh, don't give up. <laughs> I mean, it's as simple as that. I, You know, I have my own spiritual beliefs. I have my faith um, in the most high. That's what keeps me grounded um, daily. Uh, I know, you know, we all share different spiritual beliefs, but you have to find something within you and— even something external to that grounds you, whatever that is, find that thing. Um, Because, you know, like Aisha mentioned earlier, you know, our journeys are not linear, they're not. And um, yeah, it's a winding road. Thank you for the, yeah. <laughs> she's doing some, uh, <laughs> The theatrics. Yes, <laughs> she's doing some creative dancing <laughs> over here. Yes, yes. Uh,
3: I uh, can't. Uh, uh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Um, <laughs> <Lord>. <laughs> but yeah, just, just don't, I mean, don't give up. That's really what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing I want to add is, yeah, don't compare yourself. I personally, I take hiatuses, long hiatuses off of social media. and I know lately I haven't been super active, but you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's it's a great resource. Um, but i I do know that 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 um, instinct to compare yourself to other people and what they're doing can be very damaging to you know one's self-esteem and can have you questioning like okay well am i doing everything and this that and the other so um just really check in with yourself and um yeah just don't give up have faith in yourself and in mm-hmm. something else and uh go after your purpose yeah
0: want
4: to wrap that up deacon Mike? yeah yeah i'm uh happy to happy to wrap it up uh the first i'll say two the first one will be quick i think it's uh to be a learner i think to create excellence and define excellence we have to learn from those around us and from those who did it before us uh those who are doing it now etc etc so the first one is to be a learner and the second one that i really like is uh, you know i'm a basketball coach and i have a quote here that says in order to start balling you have to be all in and so we're talking about nipsey hustle you gotta hustle Mm -hmm. you gotta grind you gotta be able to do the grimy part of the marathon to get to the finish line or to get to the victory lap you have to do the preparation that nobody sees and Mm. that everybody doesn't respect because they don't see it Mm. to get to the victory lap you know like you have to do these things that are not going to be glorious to be able to uh, maintain and preserve excellence and to create excellence and so you got to be ready to grind and you got to be able to Um, Whether there's storms you got to be able to deal with the highs humbly and deal with the lows with motivation to get up out of it You know, and so I think that it's just really important that we all um, Are are ready to put in the work
0: Put in the work y'all Put in the work y'all Yeah. Put in the work Uh,
3: y'all Put in the work y'all Put in the work now It better work
4: the 26 miles, <laughs> the 26 miles that Damon's been talking yeah. about, is yeah. not ever going to be easy. Um, it might be easy on mile one, but on mile 15, 16, and 17, you're gonna start to feel the pain, and by mile 26, you you're gonna be. wanna quit. You know, yeah. and we gotta be able to continue moving forward.
0: By the end of this episode, I definitely want to play um, Sounds of Blackness. Be optimistic. You know, the beginning, they go, the blackness. Keep on, keep on. And
3: they go, mm -hmm."
0: You, you know what I'm talking about? It goes, as long as you keep your head to the sky, oh, yeah, The uh, optimistic. I mean, apparently it's not my joint because I
3: didn't
1: know <laughs> we'll was too young for that. But we're going to go ahead and segue
0: <laughs> into our take root and give back. We're going to do a quick interview. As you guys know, with the Seed You podcast, every episode we take the time to highlight an organization or artist or entrepreneur or activist Someone in our um, giving community who is giving back or who is also in the seed of their dream. We've had time to think about this as a podcast because the people we've, um, we've interviewed in the past have been in the middle. Yeah, the, Everything happens in the middle. Yeah. The beginning is always exciting. The end where everybody goes, yes. But the middle? That's where it all goes down. That's where we are
1: right that's now. Right. Right, 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 right. <laughs> We're
0: in the
1: middle. We, in we the middle. are in the middle like, right, right now. I'm in the middle
0: of my pro. It's real dark. You can't really see. You might have got to kind of climb through it. But you know, what? that's what <laughs> <laughs> that's where it's at that's where it's at okay y'all we highlight like the middle okay oh, <laughs> Mimi in the middle and so we're gonna interview today Miss Superstar Asia oh Jackson gosh. who definitely I okay I can honestly say this not only because yes you are my best friend in the entire world you can't get rid of me if you wanted to <laughs> Because don't make me tell the story. She didn't want to be my friend, Damon. Okay, she didn't can, want to be my we friend. Can, we ain't going to talk about that. Lies. But the Lord told me we were going to be friends. She's like, oh, I don't know her. She only talked to me because I had braces. Anyway, that's not a story. That's <laughs> a story behind that. Anyway, I digress. I'm not just saying that because... Bust me <laughs> I would
2: never do that Don't to bust me out
0: black. I would never do that it's real I'm being authentic okay I keep I'm gonna say what I feel so don't knock my truth I still love you but it's true okay we gotta gotta be real anyway um I'm not just saying this (laughs) (laughs) because I'm not just saying this because you're my best friend and I love you but just because honestly since day one with Asia she definitely is one of those type of people she says what she means and she means what she says Mm. and when she's going to do something she's going to do it And I know you'll get a chance to give more and we'll talk more, but even knowing the fact that you switched from being a business major to a theater major and making that leap of faith to go go after what was in your heart and really taking time with each role, with each character and bringing it every time to the stage, it's it's phenomenal. It's like she really transforms. She really owns it. And she's not one of those type of actors out there, because I've seen it, where, you know, some actors, I just want to be pretty and just be on... She's in it for the art. She's in it for the community. She's in it because she loves to perform and she loves to bring out the best in people. And it shows in all your shows. It shows in who you are because you're magnificent and amazing. And we hope by, you know, highlighting who you are, it will get people to think about their own purpose, their own passion and where they're at in the middle, in the middle of their seed. So, yes, um, we're going to talk to Asia just for a little bit. I have a couple of questions, but Damon...
1: Mike, it, on, on a level from zero to Sway, how good was that interview? I mean, how good was that intro? <laughs> you got
3: like that intro. How good was that intro? <laughs>
4: that was
1: the one. She was at like a Sway point 0.5.
4: <laughs> yes. Sway 0.5. I, I appreciate
0: <laughs> how you always, you know. Sway 0.5. But you gotta name it, but. Oh, for sure. I'm gonna throw the ball at you though real quick. Brother, I catch ball, you. Okay. Know, you, <laughs> got, you know, like, you, got, oh, you, got, you got, <laughs> oh. got it, okay. Man.
3: You got 20.5 too? <laughs> no, I
1: don't.
2: She's passing the yeah, assist. Yeah,
1: I'm passing because you know let's So Age my first question. <laughs> oh my <God.
3: laughs>
1: so uh I've had the privilege of acting alongside <laughs> Mr. Yes, Angel Jackson. Yes, I have. We did. I've had that privilege. So my first question was
3: <laughs>
1: You moved to Chicago, you know, I'm sure you did a, a plethora of shows out there. Am I right?
0: <laughs>
1: so oh my gosh. How hard was it to find a castmate that was as amazing <laughs> as gifted <laughs> as just overall awesome as uh Nico Williams I
3: can't with
1: you. that's my first question I can't with you you are
2: hilarious um <laughs> actually Chicago just a huge shout out to Chicago and the theater scene out there I learned a lot Honestly, Damon, I mean, I met a lot of brilliant, intelligent, insanely talented actors out there. That's great. Um, I don't want to compare. You know, everybody yeah. is great in their you own lane. And yes, yeah. you're great in your lane. Yeah. We're great in our Yes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we're all on freeway.
1: I think what she meant to say was I right. wasn't able to do it. I wasn't able to find someone that awesome. I think that's what she was trying to say. I before. agree with you. Yeah. I
2: will say I I loved working with you. She's very very And an angel uh, came down.
1: What's uh? One of great humility. Yeah. No. <laughs>
0: Just, Just to one. give people a little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Asia's had the opportunity to work with such theaters such as Jackalope Theater Company, Fleetwood, um, American Blues Theater, Straw Dog, ETA, the Beat Theater. Asia went out into Chicago with no type of connections, no type of understanding of anything or anybody out there and really made a name for herself, a community for herself, and putting herself out there for the acting scene. So coming into a city that you did not know, And coming into a space that was very foreign to you, how did you go about that? What were the ups and downs with that process?
2: I remember, so I moved to Chicago in the fall of 2013. Uh, The winter of 2013 going into 2014 was terrible. (laughs) And, you know, I'm from Cali. I'm from the Bay. I'm used to mild weather. Um, That winter, when that wind chill hits you, (laughs) baby, and the snow, it just, it it was a lot. Um, But, yeah, I just remember tracking in snow boots (laughs) and my winter coat and going to auditions. And it actually took me a couple of years until I got cast in my first show in Chicago. But I didn't mind that at all because... You know uh, one thing so i was trying to find a job i saved i I saved a few thousand dollars before i moved from the bay area to chicago and um, i had issues finding a job because no one would hire me because at the time i didn't have illinois residency i was still in california applying to jobs in chicago and so um i'm actually a little grateful that i had to the couple years to just kind of assimilate um acclimate to the city, to the weather, um <laughs> mm. <laughs> and, you know, meet people, make connections uh before being cast in the show. But yeah, I just hit the ground running auditioning for random theater companies around the city and eventually I got cast in something.
0: Interesting since we're talking about Nipsey Hustle and the marathon and the fact that like we're all part of this collective race. One of the first shows you were casted for was ETA, a very prominent black theater company in Chicago, for this play called Migration, which was about the narrative of African Americans leaving the South and going up North and West. Right.
2: And just speak about that real
0: quick. Like, that's your experience.
2: Um, <laughs> it was an interesting experience. Uh, shout out to... Kamadi Porter, the artistic director of ETA Creative Arts Foundation on the south side of Chicago. Um, I met a lot of, yeah. Um, I met, like I said, I met a lot of amazing artists. I was thrilled to do it because, you know, it's our story, it's our grandparents' stories, our great grandparents' stories. One of the things they had us do as a cast was bring in photos of relatives and family members. Um, and so, like, my parents sent me, they emailed me images of, like, black folks I ain't never seen before. I was like, who is this? They're like, oh, that's your great Uncle Willie. And, and I was like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> never heard of him. Never told me about him. But um, it was just a really great opportunity to just learn more about my family history and castmates' family histories. I remember one of my castmates, she... um she was able to her her great 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 grandmother was a slave and there was an image of her like shortly after she had gotten to america and they got a snapshot of her so that was pretty um amazing <laughs> right but um but yeah what i will what i will say is so i was cast as an understudy in that oh, show yeah, yeah. I was cast as an understudy in that show, and what ended up happening was I ended up um, being in the show, and that's all we'll say about that, but uh, it was, it was an amazing show, Um, it talked about the, um, the, uh, what was it, the Chicago Director's League, what was it, oh my gosh, I should know this, Um, the paper that mr abbott started started in chicago Chicago, Mm -hmm. um that had advertisements and whatnot for black people that were migrating to the shy um to read about housing and um, employment opportunities this is going to bother me i need to know the name of it where's my phone i need to look it up it's going to
0: take a time to look that up they talked
2: about the urban chicago league they talked about um I'm i'm going to look it up right now keep talking but, uh, yeah, that was my first show in Chicago. Yeah.
0: And that just really speaks to the fact that, like, you said you got acclimated, it took some time, you were understudied, but then you stepped in, basically, to take on the main role. Damon, were you going to say something? I feel like, I don't
1: know. I was like... No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I don't want to derail you. I'm no, derail it. Out. I don't want to... Why are you trying to figure out the name of the thing? But um, I was going to say five years (laughs) obviously a lot of experience obviously um you know a lot of shows that you were in a lot of people that you worked with go ahead
2: i apologize and i should know this it's the chicago defender Mm. so the show highlighted the chicago defender and uh Abbott, abbott i remember his last name yeah robert s abbott Um, He was the founder of the Chicago defender. And so there were there was an actor in the show who portrayed him portrayed his colleague and um, Yeah, it was it was an it was an amazing show and and deeply relevant for all of us I mean, we're all result of our our grandparents great-grandparents migrating to the west coast From the from the south to the east coast to Chicago. I mean, that's why we uh, that's why our people are where they're at Mm. Trying to, you know, escape y'all the brutalities Cali, of the y'all. South. Be exactly. Your
0: grandparents were coming west. Yes, we're like, they were, <laughs> <laughs> they were yes. like, we don't go to Cali. Trying to
1: be in that negative twenty. What are you gonna so, say, brother? I was gonna say, um you know, obviously you had some very enjoyable experiences out there. Maybe some not so enjoyable experiences, I'm sure. But um I always wonder, you know, when someone like, like <laughs> when Aisha went and came back. I always wonder, like, what was the point? Like, when and why were you like, all right, I got to go back home?
2: Mm. So... Homecoming. Homecoming. I moved to Chicago because I was at a point in my life where I felt stagnant artistically and personally, Mm -hmm. and I needed a change of pace. So I visited... Aisha, at one point, lived in Chicago, and I remember visiting her... Yeah, and we had a we had a blast, and I remember doing research on the the theater scene out there, yeah. and just noticing that there were just an array mm-hmm. of storefront theater companies, you know, re- just everything. And so I I prayed on it and made the decision to go there just for my personal growth, just to gain some. Um, Independence, just to get out of my comfort zone because I, I recognize that you don't grow when you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. And the Bay Area is my home. I'm happy to be back. But I needed to step away for a bit. I felt like I was too comfortable. You know, my family's here. My support system's here. Mm-hmm. And so I just needed to do something insanely different. And yeah. so I just saved my money packed up my bags moved halfway across the country it was very scary <laughs> um but i mean for five years i managed to make it work and yeah. um and i i learned a lot and i met a lot of amazing people i met some people who really challenged me and and made me grow in ways i never thought i would grow yeah um i definitely had some downfalls um <laughs> some some very some 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 valleys for sure mm. um yeah. and and some hard times that I had to just kind of endure but it was really for my growth yeah and I really feel like I've I've grown in a way that I couldn't yeah. had I not left yeah didn't know what about
3: you that
2: to be real with you, I'm back because I miss my family so yeah. much. I'm I'm a family oriented person. I had been in Chicago for five years on my own, out there hustling, grinding. And in the five years I'd been out there, I think I can count on both hands the number of times I'd seen my family. Hmm. And so it's just it was heartbreaking for me and I was like I I just I just wanted to be connected with my family again. I miss the Bay. I miss the weather. I miss the hills. (laughs) Chicago's a flat I love Chicago. I love... Chicago's an amazing city. It will always be my second home, but I miss hills. I miss (laughs) real beaches. No disrespect. Love Lake Uh. Michigan, but, you know, it's a Lake with sand. Miss, you know, real beaches. (laughs) Carnage out of fries, you know, like, Bay Area culture and hip-hop. Like, I just... I missed home. So this is my homecoming. And um Amen. It's needed.
1: Would you say that you got all of out of Chicago that you wanted to get out of it? Like, do you think that you left anything out there?
2: I I don't, but one thing I will say that's been really challenging. So anytime you you establish yourself somewhere, um, and you network, Mm -hmm. there's going to be opportunities that arise because of that. So, for example, before I left, months leading up to my move back to the Bay Area, I had theater companies contacting me that I did not submit to and some of these were reputable theater companies and they're all paying gigs um inviting me to audition for amazing shows because chicago puts on phenomenal theater and it was heartbreaking because it was like oh my god like i'm i'm moving back to the bay area and you know i'm starting a new job you know in a month or so and i don't have a car and i'm kind of starting you know rebuilding my income and and all of these things starting over again so turning down those opportunities were really difficult mm-hmm. um, because I knew I'd be out here. And it, it wasn't so much, I mean, I, I could I could have auditioned and if I had gotten the role, done it. But this new position that I've been blessed with, um, working at College Track in Oakland, um, you know, and working with the youth out here, that's important and that's a commitment um, that... I didn't want to you know not do yeah so that that's been a challenge yeah you know because some of these theater companies are legit yeah Mm. so
1: so what does your acting future look like in the bay area
2: i well actually i have an audition in a couple weeks theater audition in san francisco in a couple weeks and i have another audition next month um with a the theater company in Lafayette. Mm-hmm. And so for me like I, I anyone who's an artist out there, I feel like you know, you book as many gigs as you can because it's what you love and you do it for the experience and you do it for your artistic growth. But whenever you're not doing a gig, I think it's important to immerse yourself in the art. So mm-hmm. for me like seeing as many plays as I can, supporting fellow artists, um supporting Aisha because she's an amazing writer and playwright and um like reading reading plays and um just 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 kind of like putting myself in my craft in various ways I feel will help me grow mm-hmm. in my career and as an artist so um that's what I'm doing I'm going to be submitting to a talent agency um pretty soon yeah. because i want to I've, I've primarily i've done theater but i want to branch off into you know film and tv and just get that representation so that i can broaden um opportunities for myself as an artist and again it's not self i don't do this mm. for just for myself like i i want to generate income so that at some point I can get back to my community. Mm. One of my dreams is to um I, like um create a recreational center for the youth. Mm. Gang like edutainment. <laughs> so <laughs> entertainment, education, oh. just a fusion of that, um, for young people. So that that's one of my <laughs> that's one of my goals. I love it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what would you say,
0: just to wrap this up, Asia, for those out there? that are in the middle of their dream or their seed or like pursuing something that's important to them what advice would you give them to keep pursuing after what they believe
2: I would just encourage them to continue doing what you're doing do your research network, stay humble stay authentic to who you are and you know I think I think it's good to set goals. Um, Sometimes life throws curveballs at you, and you you don't always anticipate, you know, obstacles that come your way. But setting goals, doing your research, yeah, networking. Networking is really important, too, because a lot of times you're blessed through people and through opportunities. I mean, obviously, so... Um just putting yourself out there and finding events and and organizations to collaborate with um so that you can gain experience and so that you can build on on your career What's your network network sorry <laughs> <laughs> Asia, thank you so much. Can we think can we clap it up for Asia? Oh God,
4: clap it up, clap it up.
2: I am so excited to be on this freaking podcast. Like I've listened in for so long in Chicago. I'd be on the CTA, on the red line, going to work, going to rehearsal, just like listening to you guys. Like it's such a pleasure to be here. Damon, you're my brother for another mother. You know I love you, man. Deacon Mike the black man voice, you know? Yes, yes, yes. It's so great to finally meet you and to sit beside you and Aisha's my
4: sister, so. I was just about to say, like, I've given you so many (laughs) shout-outs on this show. Yes, I appreciate that. And, like, (laughs) here I am sitting next to you today and I am so excited to have given you all those shout outs because you 100% deserve those yeah. and it's so cool to have your energy here with us um, and listen to you and I'm, I'm excited to be able to see one of your plays soon and yeah. uh, I'm like yeah shout out to you even when you're sitting oh, in the building Michael. shout out to Asia yes, thanks, yes. yes. <laughs> you guys stay tuned because you
0: know we highlight the middle mm-hmm. and guaranteed as Asia pursues her passions, her art, working with the community, this woman's gonna continue to make her mark. So stay yes. tuned for that. Yes. We're gonna segue real quick and we're gonna wrap up the show. We have had a show this evening, but we good because it's our first time back. right. It is only right. It's right. Um we gotta do our reading is good for the soil, aka yo mind because reading is good and people still like to read y'all. People read y'all. People were at the book festival reading, mm. writing, talking, they love to read
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Who wanna go first? I'm um, going to go first. I put this book out before on the podcast.
3: Oh, Yay, um, for repeats. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Can we all do that? <laughs> yeah. One the
4: book. The book that I want to highlight today, I'm really close to uh finish reading it, and, you know, I got um, hmm, um an hmm. interesting perspective about this company, but uh, the book that I want to highlight today is uh, called The Shoe Dog. It's by Phil Knight. Mm-hmm. It's the memoir of his about the that. journey of Nike. And um, I had to I had to highlight it today because not only was the building of this, this company that makes a whole lot of money a marathon, mm-hmm. and did it have to do with the ups and downs that come along in a marathon, but um, Nike was a company that was founded in running. Um, And in going on that process, which I think is really, really, um, it really speaks to what we're talking about today. Um, It really speaks to the hustle. It really speaks to the homecoming. It really speaks to the struggle that comes in the process and in the journey. (laughs) Uh, So my book of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so my book of the day is but shoe dog by uh life. by Phil by Phil Knight um because it's just a good story about the marathon. And um and then as we all experience now how the uh, victory lap comes to those who go through the ups and downs of the marathon. Yes.
0: Yes, Deacon Mike. Church, church, church,
4: church, church. church. the CG so ministry. <laughs>
0: Spirit. So, like the uh, wave, brother.
2: <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> I can't wait till we get our live camera up in here. You know? Oh, oh Ashley's gonna be mad at me.
1: Yeah, Dude. she sure shout is. Out
2: I got Ashley, Ashley right. we miss you! Ashley. Ashley, my my future boss. <laughs> oh, what's up, girl?
1: For real, all of our future she was
3: bosses. Boss. She's my past boss, she's still my yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. boss. Everybody, shout out to Ashley real quick. Shout, out, shout out, out, out to Ashley. Hey, what's up, Black Girl Magic what's up here? Love you, girl.
4: Go ahead.
1: uh, I don't have I don't have a book today, um, but what I do have is a a book list, Um, and it's the book list that people have put out. Stick with me for a second. It's like that's multiple books,
0: then, right? No, it's fine. No, I'm fine with it. But it's like it's books. Wait till I hear what it is, though. Okay. uh, All right, I'm ready. Is it wretched and righteous?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love the wretched and righteous. So, so, in the spirit of our conversation, one thing that we always heard, well, I always heard about Nipsey Hussle was that he was an avid reader. Mm. Like, everyone I ever talked about him always talked about how... He was always reading. He was always suggesting books to people and whatever, right? So when he passed, I was like, man, I hope somebody puts out a list of the books that he, like, hmm. like a book list, a Mystery Hustle book list. Okay. Mm, I like that. Oh. And thank God somebody did it. Yes. So yes. Ooh, yes, I have that book list, and I'm not going to share it all right now because it's like over 20 too? books, but I will screenshot it, okay, and we this. can share it and yeah. whatever. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Yeah, do that. But
0: Name a couple off of it,
1: though. There's a couple that I've started right now. One is called... Oh. And my phone is ringing right now, so I can't look at it. You got to give me a second to wait for my phone to stop ringing.
3: <laughs> you don't want
1: to like, decline and be rude. Oh, yeah, go, there's, there's a rude thing. <laughs> just, just let it just... All right, here goes. <laughs> <it laughs> so, um, two that I've started already are The Way of the Superior Man by David Deida. D-E-I-D-A. The
0: Way of the Superior
1: Man? Yep. And No Man is an Island by Thomas Merton. M-E-R- M-E-R-T-O-N r t o n. I've started both of those books, and they're both very interesting for their own reasons. Um, the way of the superior man is kind of more so about it's kind of like a lesson to a woman who is dealing with a man who is on a pretty high like level, mm. whether it be like a very powerful man or like somebody who has like a lot of influence or something like so. I'll let you guys read it for yourself because exactly. I'm 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 just getting into it but yeah. it's very interesting. And No Man is an Island is more of a spiritual book talking about how you fit into the the bigger picture of the world kind of like what Mike was talking about as far as mm. us being a part of a much bigger picture that we're just contributors to mm. um, but yeah like I said there's over 20 books in here and mm. we'll find a way to share it with everybody so you yeah. know what, what it is. Share the
0: link yeah. internally um, with the podcast. Yeah, I will so
1: definitely sorry, share y'all. the link. To share it with me. I'll well, share I, it with y'all for sure. Yeah, put it on the
0: group put it on the group text.
1: As we speak on group text I'm sending it to you. Yeah put it on the group text and then see seeds
0: and then to, um i was gonna say then ashley will um definitely highlight the two that you mentioned and we'll find a way to post all the books i got you
1: i got you I got you. so awesome yes, brother. so you. yeah i just sent it to tell y'all y'all yes, should have sir. received yes, that sir, yeah so i think y'all all should check it out we'll share it on all the yeah. different ways we're we overdue
0: i wanted i, I thought oh sorry, but we're overdue because I actually wanted to kick off our first season with a book like we did with Michelle Obama. Yeah. So it's funny how we started with Michelle Obama and then we're starting with Nipsey and Beyonce. Yeah. So we're gonna start off with a book. So let's let's decide a book on that. Yeah. We'll um, collectively pick one and let's all read it as a podcast and do a review. Because I like when we yeah, did that's
4: that. That's plan. I'm about to spend hell of money.
0: Hell yeah, because hey, the hey, books hey, are hey, good. Hell, hell yeah, yeah
4: man. Yeah.
0: Let, yeah. Let it be known, the hey. Seed You hey. Sow podcast advocates for reading all day, every day. We love books. I'm gonna make a rap song about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Eminem's and Sprite coming out. coming out. It's really coming out. It's really coming out.
1: 30 yeah, f- we, we like nine months later. It's okay.
0: That. Hey, it's a
1: marathon. It's a marathon.
0: It's a marathon.
1: The label has moved on.
0: Now. No, <laughs> why, why you <laughs> hating on <laughs> me, bruh? Why you gonna hate okay.
1: on me? Come I got come on. a new artist that's no. more hungry. Oh, no. no.
3: Hungry. It's a, that's a
1: been in the studio day no. and night. The m and, and Sprite. And you can move to the back. No, no. the
0: m and Sprite is coming at... Hey, all right, for real, for real. <laughs> M&Ms 35th right. birthday. For real, for real. M&Ms for real. For real.
2: Eminem's and Sprite. Mixed like <laughs> it. This <Honestly, laughs> I Honestly, I think you need a stand up. No, I am not than She a, definitely needs a stand, needs stand up. show. Sure. I don't. That would yeah.
4: be it all. We I, need
0: it all. I, I digress. It's coming up. Anyway, <laughs> um, my book for the week is. A repeat as well. Primarily just because I'm working on a screenplay and a book and I'm editing a play. And I'm also reflecting on a lot about love. Not just like love, love, but your own type of love. Just love. Everything that we do in life is with love. Mm. Like, if you ain't loving it, why you doing it? You know what I mean? So I want to highlight All About Love, New Visions by Bell Hooks. Mm -hmm. Yes,
1: phone, yes.
4: Yes, phone. <laughs> Why does that sound like?
1: Why does that sound like Zelda when you open up the chest? Like, <laughs> is that what that is? No, no,
2: is like that what? Summoning spirit. Sounds like you just got a <laughs> rupee or good something. Good job.
0: Good job. Shout out to Ashley because she is so. Hey, Ashley! Shout out to you because Ashley introduced me to All About Love, and I introduced Ashley to Sisters of the Yam. Mm-hmm. So we've helped nice. each other with Bell Hooks, who is just all about making people think critically about. Your own type of reflection in life, your spirit, your mind, how to love yourself better and love others better. So check out All About Love, y'all, by Bell Hooks.
3: Yeah. Word.
2: All right. So my book, and I'm almost done with it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's by D.L. Hughley, one of my favorite comedians. And it's How Not to Get Shot mm. and Other Advice by white people <laughs> um, or from white people. So... This book um, is kind of like a, a tongue-in-cheek, sarcastic style of writing that basically highlights not just pro- police brutality, but a lot of double standards um, between the white community and the black community, um, everything from welfare. He gives a lot of like tips as far as like how to dress, how to to speak, (laughs) um, where to live, in order to um, appease white people, and in order to, um... <laughs> <laughs> his I'm
0: sorry to back though, like yeah, Negro, like,
2: like, and like yeah, I did it. Yeah, I wrote it. this book
3: for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. well, okay. see me about it I sure did. <laughs> 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 sorry, say, say something. it's all <laughs>
2: good. It's all good. Yeah. Um, so just
1: <laughs> welcome to the C.J. Show. <laughs>
2: but he it is it's a lot of like hilarious self-help tips for black people in order to um, abide to like assimilate to white standards of living mm-hmm. so how to dress yeah like how to dress how to speak things like that um i'll kind of i'll read like a couple of um like his chapters and and sub chapters just to kind of give you like a glimpse um part one how not to get shot by the police um don't drive like a suspect uh part two how to look how to do your hair mm. uh, part three how to act uh what to name your kids what uh, part four, understanding white people. What kind of black people do white people like? Oh, and there's another there's another uh, chapter, he is a I'm point. not racist. He's yeah, he's yeah. he's he's a lot, but but yeah. what I but what I appreciate about DL, like not just in his book but in his stand ups and he has a podcast and he also has a show now. I think it's on T V one. Um <laughs> I know the picture of him is a lot on the back cover. But uh, he really uses his platform to speak out about um, just social injustice in the black community. So that I think that's really dope. Again, he's one of my favorite comedians. He's a king of comedy. And... Yeah, this book is awesome. So I would recommend anyone read it. It's for everyone. It's not just black people. I think all people should read it because it's it's a it's a segment of American history that we all and contemporary, you know, culture and what's going on right now.
3: Amen.
2: We got a good variety of books this week for y'all between
0: Shoe Dog, The Nipsey Hustle List. Dio Hughley and his list of what not to do and um, some love from Bell Hooks so check it all out it's going to be on our um, social media if you have not please follow us on the Instagram Cracker like us on the Book of Faces leave us a review on iTunes we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, all that good stuff we're wrapping up we haven't had a show that lasted this long Mm -mm. in a while but sometimes we need that we've been out the studio for a minute and we can do things like that Um, Damon real quick Put on the headphones. And we're going to wrap it up. What are, put on the headphones just to make sure this works. Don't get that look. I'm sorry. Can you put on the headphones, please? <laughs> like, put on the headphones. I just want to make sure this plays. Um, I want people to have this song as a go-to for themselves in terms of being optimistic, defying the obstacles. It is a song called Optimistic by Sounds of Blackness. Is it playing?
1: No. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're not doing a
0: quote? Hold on. Oh,
1: that's
0: the... the, Yeah, we're gonna do the quote. Oh, okay. This one? Okay, yeah. All right. So we're gonna... We're gonna say a quote while over the music. How about that? Is that cool? Yeah. All right, cool. Is that like... We're at a good level? So like, can you say... Okay, cool. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. So
1: my quote... Okay. Yeah, like that? My quote right here is, uh, this is a quote from none other than Nipsey Hussle, and it is, Thought is powerful in all phases, even in my career, even in my life. Things end up exactly how I visualize them, and I can relate to that. So when reading that, I was very, very, very uh, kind of touched by it. Um, not only because I can relate, because I thought uh, over life. Like I've talked to my brother a lot of times about how, like, well, no, he told me, like, dude, everything that you said was gonna happen ended up happening the way that you said it was gonna happen. So that kind of struck a chord with me. So that's my quote, cool, y'all.
0: Yo. You say it one more time.
1: Oh, now. Everything. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Thought is powerful in all phases. Even in my career, even in my life, things end up exactly how I visualized them. Who wants to go
0: next? Just hold on to your dream. Get Get it.
4: Go, Deacon Mike.
0: All right.
4: I had a, a quote from uh, J. Cole that I wanted to give today, but instead I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, the great Michelle Obama. The more I told my story, the more my voice settled into itself.
2: All right. Oh, Jackson. I did not come up with a quote, but I'm going to channel um, Frederick Douglass because underneath this head wrap that I'm wearing right now, my Kunta Kinte's look like Frederick <laughs> Douglass's hairstyle. Um, so um, without struggle, there is no progress, and um, I, I just feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I just encourage everyone listening to not get discouraged and just to just to keep believing in yourself and believing in your light and what you can put out into the world. And no, no, no,
0: no. higher. Hey. No, no. no, 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 no. hey. As long as you keep hey. your head to the sky. Hey. All right. So I'm gonna just go off top of my spirit. I'm going to quote Mr. Denzel Washington from The Great Debaters, who was playing the character Mr. Melvin Tolson, who said, we do what we have to do in order to do what we want to do. Actually, Forrest Whitaker's character said that. Yeah, but I'm going to say it one more time. We do what we have to do in order to to do what we want to do. All right, now, so if you got to do it, then do it. If you have to do it, then make it happen. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, you guys, be optimistic, be inspirational, be loving, be kind. Be everything that you want to be. Whatever it is you want in the world, be it first and it will happen for you. We are the CG Soul Podcast. Tune in with us every Sunday. We'll be back next Sunday on the 19th. We love you. Stay beautiful, stay blessed, and stay positive.
4: Peace.
2: Bye y'all.